Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is Saturday morning, and I'm drinking a hot cup of Bottom Gun Coffee from my friends at BottomGunCoffee.com. I have another great show lined up for you, but before we get started, I just wanted to mention my new book. It's called You Have the Watch, A Guided Journal to Become a Leader Worth Following. This is a guided journal for leaders that will walk you through an entire year of leadership training. There are 50 themes in the book, and each day you will reflect on a different facet of that theme. This journal is designed to be on your desk at work and for you to read and reflect on for about 15 minutes each morning. Leadership skills are just like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them, and this new journal helps leaders practice those skills. So if you're interested in learning more and pre-ordering this guided journal, go to youhavethewatch.com. Now, for those of you who have already pre-ordered the book, thank you very much. The book is complete and heading to the printers, and it should ship by the end of this month, so thank you. Uh, If you are looking for other ways to support what I do on this show, purchase any one of my books at johnsrenny.com. Podcast listeners can always use the discount code DEEP at checkout to get additional savings. Well, that is it. Today, my guest is Dr. Bill Berman. Bill is a returning guest to this show. He is a board-certified psychologist and founder of Berman Leadership Development. In this episode, we talk about talent management and employee retention in the Great Resignation. Right now, over 40% of U.S. workers are actively searching for a new job, and more than half of those people are doing it because they don't like their boss. If this was ever a time for leaders to step up and lead, this is it. You're not going to want to miss this important discussion. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Bill Berman. Bill is a licensed board-certified psychologist and CEO of Berman Leadership Development. He's also the co-author of the leadership book, Influence and Impact, which came out last year. Now, you might remember Bill from episode 73, where we talked in depth about his book and the importance of leadership influence. 
Well, I've asked Bill to come back on the show to talk about something that's really important right now, and that's talent management and employee retention. Now, these are really important, mostly because of this, this thing called the great resignation. We're going to talk about this on the show. So I'm excited to have him here and uh, talk about these two very important issues. So, Bill, welcome back. Thanks. Good to see you again, John. Yeah, great to see you too. I just listened to our old episode and it was like, we just scratched the surface of a lot of the things that yeah. you work on and write about. So I really wanted to have you back to dive a little deeper, to talk about this thing about the great resignation, because last time you were on, it really hadn't started yet, but now it's really in full force. So maybe we have a, a good discussion on that. But before we, before we dive deep into that, I wanted to just you know remind uh, our listeners what you do at Berman Leadership Development. So uh, Berman Leadership is a, uh, I call it a bespoke executive development firm, um, meaning that we provide unique and customizable um, development opportunities for senior leaders and their teams. So whether it's executive coaching or what we call it consultation to executives, which is more of a sort of support and and, uh, advisory function or a developmental assessments or selection or onboarding, we do all of those kinds of things that help those leaders really excel. That's that's our focus. What kind of companies do you typically work with? We work with a lot of financial services mm-hmm. and uh, healthcare organizations, um, technology groups, information services, um, the and and retail some retail um and but those are the major industries that we focus in okay so these are important leadership challenges that companies are facing and they call you in because of your expertise they're they're huge we also focus a lot on on technology focused groups whether it's within financial services so it's fintech or in in technology organizations or in healthcare mm-hmm. um because those people need a lot of help with the building the relationships with the emotional connection with the empathy and and focus on the employee so yeah yeah do a lot of that work okay yeah that makes sense i mean you tend to <laughs> i come i you know my whole uh career is in technical uh you know whether it's nuclear power or, or manufacturing yep. high-tech parts uh you have a lot of engineers and uh, engineers have certain challenges with with respect to leadership so uh it's those empathies it's uh, you know you know have, having open dialogue not being closed and introverted but being a little more extroverted so yeah i think when you get into these technology fields there's there's even some interesting uh challenges interesting unique leadership challenges with technical people so absolutely yeah one of our great. one of our our coaches just wrote a book on coaching with uh, technical and and engineering people. Oh yeah, yeah, so, I bet that's fascinating because uh, I've done it as far as like leading engineering teams and having all engineers work for me, and it's it's an interesting group. I mean, it, it it's definitely a challenging um, thing to do, and it's fun, but um, yeah, when you have a bunch of independent engineers who want to put their mark on everything, it's hard to get them herded in one direction towards <laughs> completing <absolutely>. a project. <laughs> So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, last time you were on, we were talking about your new book, uh, uh, Influence and Impact. So I wanted to just talk to you a little bit about that. How did the launch go? And, uh, you know, what kind of feedback did you get on that uh, that book? Because I, I thought it was fantastic. It's been it's been really well received. We've got I've gotten a lot of feedback on it um, from coaches, from HR leaders, um, 
from senior executives who have handed it to their employees. I had one who called me up and said, this is a great book. I have somebody I'm giving it to right now and hand it. <laughs> and, uh, and it was all about understanding what their job really was and how to excel at what was expected of them. And it just, it helped them sharpen and focus what they were trying to do. So we've gotten a lot of good feedback. Um, the the sales are going really well. Um, I would tell people if you have a choice, don't release a book in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> it does create a few <laughs> does create a few problems. Um, yes. I think if I knew that the pandemic was going to go on for another nine months, I probably would have delayed it. But yeah, um, yeah. you know, we're uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. So. Um, it's been adopted by a number of uh, training programs and corporations, um, and I'm seeing HR leaders give it out to their employees, which is exactly what we wanted to do. Yeah, that that's a great feeling when you see that, and 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 people, you know, you know that people are getting that message, and yep. uh, it's an important uh, message. And I just encourage those who hadn't heard the earlier episode, it's episode 73. Uh, it's really good, and we talk, we get deep into you know how leaderships how leaders uh, develop their influence, uh, Im- improve their influence, how um, they have to adapt their influence as, as, as the companies change and as, as new people come on board. So, uh, and then, you know, what happens when your influence goes stale and how do you, you know, revamp that? So I, I encourage you, if you haven't heard that episode to go back and listen to it, cause it's really good. And the book is, is fantastic. So congratulations. That's great. And uh, it's good to hear that you've had good success with that. Thanks. Yeah. We're having fun. <laughs> it always is fun to launch a book. Like you said, probably not in a pandemic, but I did the same. So, yep. <laughs> so I know what you're going through. So, <laughs> um, so we talked, we, you know, alluded to a little bit um, in, uh, in the opening, which was this thing called the great resignation. Um, you know, you're, you're seeing it as you're working with these big companies, they're, they're, there are a lot of people who are kind of reassessing, um, you know, their careers based on, you know, them working from home, or maybe they, you know, uh, were laid off, or, you know, everybody's been, you know, basically, the whole workforce has been up, you know, there's been upheaval. So what, what is this great resignation? And why are so many people, um, you know, reconsidering their career right now? You know, there are a lot of factors that have influenced the great resignation. But basically, um, it is a massive, um, shift in how people are approaching their employment and the relationship between work and personal life and how they balance that out. And there's a lot of people who have essentially decided either it's not worth it, the money I'm getting isn't worth it to do this job, um, or that my life isn't, uh, isn't balanced the way I want it to be. And so they're stepping away from those jobs. They're they're much more focused. So as an example, um, 4.5 million people uh, resigned in the in November alone, just left their jobs. Wow. Right. Wow. It when you figure out the numbers of that, that on an annual basis turns into something like 200. And, no, I'm sorry, three billion in uh, lost productivity. Wow. And and we're going to see something like 23% of employees leaving their jobs uh, for another job over the next um, over the next year in 2022. You're talking about, you know, a quarter of the workforce, you know, leaving and 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 
that's that's serious. That's a serious issue um, when it comes to running your company, right? I mean, if you consider that, if you think your people are are your greatest assets, they're the ones that bring future value to your company, and you lose a quarter of those people with all that uh, institutional knowledge just leaving, that's a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. People, some employers think people are fungible, um, you know, interchangeable, but it's really expensive to interchange people. It oh, takes yeah. training, it takes time, it's lost productivity. There are major costs associated with turnover. Yeah, no, I definitely can see that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because with this uh, pandemic that we had, um, people got a, a chance to reassess, you know, to, to, to look at their lives. Like you said, there's this uh, this this balance between work and personal life, right? They had a chance to get a little taste of freedom. I get to work from home. I get to sleep in a little bit. I get to have coffee with my wife, you know? And they're like, I had, you know, I had this a is client. nice. <laughs> it's great. I had a client who said uh, 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 who said to me, he's a, he said, with my first child, I didn't see them take their first steps. I didn't see them uh, starting to talk. I missed all of that stuff. With my second child, I was home. And I saw all that. He said, I don't want to miss that if we do a third. I don't want to miss those opportunities. I want to be a part of the family. And I'm hearing that from men a lot is that they're realizing all of a sudden what they've been missing by getting on a train at 630 in the morning and getting home at 730 at night. And it's just it's uh, they're they're thinking this isn't the way I want to live my life anymore. It's almost like our attitudes towards work have changed in in the past two years. We're thinking differently about it. Like, you know, almost like, uh, you know, because we always, uh, I, you know, I used to travel a lot in Europe and they, they approach work completely different than we do. In not all places in Europe, Absolutely. but a lot of places in Europe where there are, it's, it's, there's, but we, I used to always, I was always jealous that they had a better work-life balance. And we Americans were like, no, nah, we got to grind. We got to go. We got to, we got to work overtime. We got to work the weekends. We got to stay up late. And, uh, and then I'm looking, you know, I'm in France and I'm like, wait, this looks kind of fun, you know, (laughs) know, having your coffee, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, having wine and cheese. I'm like, this is nice. Like I could do this. And I think we got a, we got a glimpse of it as Americans. And we're like, I kind of like this, you know, I kind of like a little, a little change of pace. I think this was, I think this was building before the pandemic. I think there were more, a, a number of people who were starting to question whether they're the the amount of money they were making was worth the stress they experienced or yeah. whether they really wanted to be doing what they were doing. And I think what the the I think the the pandemic just um, flipped a switch. It was a tipping yeah. point. Yeah. And all of a sudden people realized we don't have to be in the office to get our work done. Yes. Uh, we don't have, you know, we're just as productive or more productive. Yeah. When yeah. when we're working from home because you're not you don't have those 2 hours or however, you know, I think the average commute is like 45 minutes. Yeah. So that's an hour and a half every day that you're losing a productivity that most people have devoted to going to doing more work. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's it's really powerful. And I think the other thing is the technology was here too. So, you know, this thing happened at a time when the technology was available to do, you know, these you, you, these Zoom meetings and online and and, Absolutely. You know, and it's it the infrastructure is there for homework, you know, working from home. And it's it's if this happened 10 years ago, even it would have been almost impossible to do what we're doing now. But the pandemic also forced people to look at reality differently. So, mm-hmm. t- you know, three years ago, if you had done a survey of managers and said, how productive are people when they're working from home? You would have seen 
overwhelming majority would have said ah, maybe 60% is productive. We know that's not true. We know people actually produce as well or better when they're from home. Now, it's not that I think people shouldn't ever have to go into work because there are real benefits that you get from being in an office and being together with people. Um, the, the ability to make teamwork, the ability to really connect with people. So for some people, mentoring and, and um, building networks is much easier to do in an office than it is to do virtually. Um, so there, there are definite advantages to working in an office, but it's just not the, it's not the answer anymore. Mm, yeah, it really isn't. It's, it's crazy how, to see how much has changed in two years. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about this because I think, I think it ties right into what's going on, which is, you know, um, you know, that, that, that talent management and employee retention are now like top of mind for most employers. We're thinking about, okay, 25% of my workforce or, you know, 23 to 25% of my workforce, quarter of them are going to walk out the door in the next few months. So now you're, you, maybe you had employee retention and um, uh, talent management in the back of your mind. Well, I imagine it's moved to the front of the mind. Is that what you're hearing from your clients? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the, that holding on to employees and finding good employees, um, getting the right people in the door and on your staff are the two biggest concerns that I'm hearing in the, in the C-suite in most yeah. of the companies I'm working with. I, I was just on the, talking to a client earlier this today who runs a, a 800 person technology division, um, of a larger organization and he said that their fight, their war for talent is just really hot and they're really fighting to keep people on and trying to figure out what besides money and perks is going to keep people there. Yeah. Wow. It's a real, it's a real challenge. And, and like, like we were saying earlier, this could be your, your institutional knowledge leaving, you know, quarter yeah. your institutional knowledge walking out the door, you know, this yeah. could be a shift to your, this could impact your culture. It can impact your, your productivity impacts your your ability to, you know, uh, de develop new products, uh, launch new products. You know, there's there's certain people that have that you know that piece of knowledge you absolutely need, and they walk out the door. You're like, what are you gonna do? You know, yep. it's uh, yeah, it's a big it's a big issue. Um, so, what you know, how do we need to be thinking about talent management now with all this? Um, what what are some things that we, you know, as leaders that we need to be thinking maybe differently given this environment that we're in with respect to talent management? You know, it's really interesting because a lot of the things you read focus on what HR needs to do about mm. talent management and talent development. And there are definitely things that the human resources and human capital organizations need to do within these companies. But Talent management fundamentally is about relationship management. Leadership is about relationship management. As, as leaders, um, we have historically focused on what we do and how we do it. Um, but now leaders have to focus really on why we do it and who we do it with. And so it's, it's about providing people with a sense of a mission, with clear values, with living those values, values are not just the thing you put on a wall anymore. You have to live them. You have to show them. You have to tell people, tell people through your actions, 
how you're living your values. And it has to be about having a connection with your manager. People still leave their jobs for the same basic reasons, which is either they're not making enough money or their boss treats them lousy. You know, those are the two biggest reasons why people change jobs. They get a better, better financial opportunity and they're just sick of being treated badly. So fundamentally, it's about we want our leaders to treat people with respect and integrity. We want them to have empathy for what their employees are going through. We want them to understand diversity And these are all leadership characteristics. These are the day-to-day things you do that communicate to someone that talent manager, that that they are a valued talent, right? I can can give you, uh, you know, we have to do the things like working from anywhere, hybrid working, um, uh, flexibility, mobility, um, what I call interoperabilities, which means you can go anywhere and use as you have the tools wherever you are to do your yep. job. Yep. Um, those are all clear, right? We those are going to be a given in the in 2022 and 2023. Yeah. We still have it. Still go back to the fundamentals of how do we treat people? How do we interact with them? How do we help them grow? How do we make how do we make this about them? Not how do we just make it about us? So that's really, I think, one of the critical parts of talent management, because it's the managers who are doing the managing. It's not HR. It's us. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. One ping only, please. As I thought, John Rennie's new book, All in the Same Boat, is right over there. It's at allinthesameboatbook.com. Your orders are to get there now. And remember, be careful what you shoot at. Most things in here don't react too well to bullets. Is your boss a jerk? I understand you're in the hospital, but I'm going to need you to come in today. Do they lack any ability to actually lead people? Oh, it's fine. I'll I'll just find somebody else that can do it, okay? John is offering a new service just for you. For only $10, he will anonymously mail a copy of his best-selling book, I Have the Watch, to your boss with a personal note. Go to IHaveTheWatch.com and enter the discount code BOSS at checkout. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So what you're saying is you can't outsource leadership to HR. 
Absolutely not. That's one hundred percent what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so that because that's what some people do, right? They say, well, uh, employee retention, that's um, or talent management, that's uh, HR's uh, job, right? They're, that's their job to develop all the programs. I'm just going to run my department and get get the job done. No, I mean your job is as leadership is to is to manage the folks that work for you. Human resources should put in the structure and processes and tools that you mm-hmm. need to do those things, but it's up to the managers and the directors and the vice presidents and the executives to, to make sure those things are done and done well and done with respect. Yeah. And it, and it sounds like if I, you know, if I'm listening to you talk about what, what's required to, to, you know, keep great employees and it's, it's the stuff that always mattered with respect to, uh, you know, leading people properly, treating with, with, with respect, um, you know, making sure they understand, um, you know, why they're doing what they're doing, values. You you touched on that. That's a really important thing. And I see that more and more with younger employees. You know, I'm, I'm a little older. I've, I've, I've had a lot of people working for me over the years. And it seems younger people are very concerned about what are the values of this company I work for? And do they aligned with my beliefs. And, and that's something that as an older empl- manager, I, I never saw that before. And I'm seeing that more and more with younger employees, maybe now, you know, well, I'm saying younger, but now in the thirties, I see thirties and younger, I'm seeing this sort of like, I'm not going to work at this company if, if we're doing something I don't believe in. And it's really important that they believe in what, what the company stands for and the mission, you know, of the company. And, and are you doing things, not just are you doing great things, but are you doing it the right way? And I think that's a, that's an interesting uh, switch that I've seen, you know, recently. Well, you know, it's, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and I, the way, one of the ways I think about this is that in our generation, so growing up in the 70s and 80s and 90s, um, the idea was that you leave your values, your personal values at home yeah. and you just go in and do your job. If I were 30 something and I was looking at what we had done, I would say that's what caused global warming. That's what caused uh, the food insecurity. That's what's caused all the major problems that we have. Oh, that's what's caused all the um, diversity and equity and, and justice issues. That why would I continue to do that if that's what we came out of this? So I think they're they're looking around their world and seeing that things haven't gone quite right. And they're thinking we need to do this a different way. We need to live our values all the time, not just, you know, on the weekends and evenings. Yeah, so to me, I think it's great. I mean, having uh, having employees holding your feet to the fire to say, okay, well, you said we were going to do it this way. You know, you said you were going to do it the right way. We're going to make sure we do it the right way. And I think that's that's a it's not a bad thing. I think it's actually a good thing. Absolutely. And uh, and I think that um, you know, too many, like you said, maybe there, there were things that happened in the past that maybe too many people left their values at home. You know, it's like, all right, I'm just working here. You know, I'm going to do my job. You know, I don't necessarily agree with this, but I'm just going to do my job because I need the money type of thing. Where I think, right. I think this is a this is refreshing. I actually do think it's a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we can we can learn from from this. It's just sometimes older uh, leaders, older managers have to almost recalibrate yourself a little bit to this because it's it's really important. It's really important to younger employees, and this isn't something that's you know, optional or that you can just say, 
you know, you, you can't, you, you gotta be, you've got to be committed. You can't just, you know, say the words you have to be committed to it. I think as, as an organization, if you want people to truly believe in uh, being a part of your company. Absolutely. A hundred percent, you know, uh, back in the, I think it was 1990s, um, medical interns, uh, physician interns would work 72 hour shifts, right. 90, 96 hour shifts. And the attitude of the older physicians was, um, that's what I did. You should do yeah. it too. Yeah. And in New York, they basically struck and yeah. said, we're not going to work that this is dangerous. This is hazardous yeah. to the patients. It's hazardous to us. We're not going to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And they forced the, uh, the hospitals to change their policies and practices. And healthcare has not gotten worse. People aren't doctors have not gotten worse. It's still working just fine. Um, but, you know, they they just wouldn't put up with that. And I think we're yeah. seeing the same kind of thing now, but around values. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. I do see that. Um, you know, if, as you're looking, you're just looking out into the world, uh, whether it's companies you're working with or just things that you're reading and seeing, you know, what are what are are, are you seeing any great examples of people that are doing a really good job with um, with employee retention? What you know, kind of things that they're they're doing uh, or I don't know, just maybe any. I mean, obviously, we do. We, we want to lead people correctly and all that. But are, are you seeing some other other ways that people are doing uh, some unique things to keep their talent? I think what what I'm seeing is that the organizations that either clearly have or work hard to have a real purpose, uh, not just, you know, make money and, and have fun, but right. change the world for the better are, mm -hmm. are really succeeding and keeping people on more. Um, I think, you know, uh, hospital systems, I think some pharmaceuticals where they're curing mat cancer, curing serious longstanding diseases. Um, Vertex Pharmaceuticals is a company that I think is doing a lot in that direction. And it's because that they are changing people's lives that people want to work there. I see it in um, I see it in manufacturing, though. I see it in it, it's their country. Uh, sorry, there are com companies that are making policy changes like I've seen New York Life Insurance do a phenomenal job with making people want to stay there, want to work there because mm -hmm. their approach to diversity, to equity, to justice is really remarkable. I've seen a couple of uh, private equity firms that have registered as B corporations, yeah. which is, and their message, it's all about um, and environment sustainability yeah. um, and, and uh, governance. Um, and they're, they've really put in serious uh, programs to make sure that that's the focus of the, of that organization. And it's working very well. Those are the places where people want to work. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a friend of mine that uh, is an entrepreneur here in Raleigh, and he, uh, North Carolina, and he has uh, he's a B certified B corporation, and and um, it, it's consistent with his brand, but it's also consistent with his values. And um, he has a lot of younger employees, yeah. and they are hundred percent on board with with you know this is who we are as a company. And I think you touched on something that's really really important that we sometimes forget, and that is purpose like i mean people want to be part of something bigger than themselves they want to make that they want to be part of making a dent in the universe right and um 
We can't forget that. And if we just say, you know, what do you do here? Well, I need you to just file these papers. When I when I bring you these papers, you file these papers. Nobody wants to be a cog in the wheel. They want to know that they're doing worthwhile work, that their work matters. And can you tie even the most junior employee, can you tie the work that they're doing to the missions and values of, of your company and how that company is making a difference in the world? When you can do that, then I think people get excited about going to work. They get excited to tell their family about what they're doing, right? Um, it's not about making widgets in a factory. It's I'm I'm in my case, we run a manufacturing plant that builds um we build products for the electrical grid. It's like we're helping keep the lights on. When they go home and tell their families, we're we're helping keep the lights on. We're helping keep power in hospitals and in yep. schools and in, you know, they're, so they're making a difference by the work that they're doing. And I think when you tie people to a purpose that's bigger than themselves, then they feel excited to come to work and excited to be a part of that. But when they just feel like they're doing a job and what do you do for a living? I pulled this lever, <laughs> you know, or whatever. They don't understand what, what's happening, why, why they're doing it. I think when you make that why very clear and the purpose very clear, then you, people are like, I, I, I belong to this company. This, this is, this is, I believe in this company. This is, you know, where I want to be. That's, that's a hundred percent right. That's why I say for managers, it's about the who and the why. Yeah, you can define who and why you're going to be successful as a manager. Um, don't the don't worry about the the what and the how. That'll get that'll happen by itself. That'll yeah, just happen as a part of the job. Yeah, that that's 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 very true. That's very true. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's an exciting time, but I also think that you you know, and and it's and things have changed. But I think you what you've said is really important. Is that the the basics of good leadership, the things that we've been writing about for years, right? Are still yeah. they still apply today? Yeah. Is that what, I mean, we talked a little bit before Absolutely. we started the show? Is that the the principles that were taught sixty years ago, right? About treating people with respect and you know and having these deep relationships. This is this is still true today. Absolutely. Being interested in people, being curious about who they are, not just what they can do, but who they are. These are the kinds of, you know, it's stuff your mom would have taught you. Right, right. You know? <laughs> be nice to people, right? Right, right. Be curious about them. Be interested in them. You know, I, uh, somebody years ago had told me that the best interview I could possibly have when looking for a job is the one where I get the other person to talk about themselves. Yeah, yeah. So it's. It's, you know, because it's about being interested in other people and empathy. This is all falls into that category of empathy. Um, we've the we've lost empathy in this in our culture. It is there's research that shows that it has gone down over over the past two decades and we need to get it back. We need to under we need to take the time to understand other people and see the world through their eyes. And if, if a manager does that, if they take Take the time to stop and say, what's my employee's experience of what whatever's going on in the company right now? They're going to work better with them. They're going to be able to motivate them and they're going to be able to influence them, to use my book's title, to, to have a greater impact. Um, they're going to they're going to provide that inspiration and that enthusiasm but, and influence uh, by showing that they care. Is, and and really, it's 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 fundamentally important. If if you think about it, if everyone listening to this show right now, if if you think of that, a quarter of your employees are going to walk out the door this year, 
right? Unless you are leading differently, unless you are having, like you said, those uh, those relationships, you know your people, you develop your people, you have a, you know, you you treat them with respect, and they're connected to your company. You're you're, I mean, you're going to be. I mean, it's expensive to hire people and train people, and and as people leave your company, and and um, and, and if you if you don't take these things to heart now, this this is the time to do it. I mean, if you if you if you've heard about you know things good leadership practice and you haven't tried it yet this is the time to do it because you're you're going to be facing a a, a major you know uh, migration out of your company if you don't absolutely yeah absolutely yeah this is great so um so uh yeah i think i think we covered some pretty important things with respect to this you know the great the great resignation so i think yep. you know uh, leaders, you need to pay attention. These are these are important topics that are coming up that you need need to keep. Uh, you know, you need to stay on top of. One of the great things you can do is uh, keep developing your leadership skills. One way is by reading, and one way is by reading Bill's book. Bill, how can people find out about this book? Because it's fantastic. Uh, uh, how can people find out about it? You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. But the easiest way to get it is to go to my website www.bermanleadership.com. Um, and there are links to the book. There are links to, um, uh, to where you can buy it. There are links to all the worksheets that you can uh, download to use from the book. Um, and it's a, it's a way to get in touch with me also. Okay. Well, we'll put a link in the show notes for that. And again, the, the book is Influence and Impact, and it's Dr. Bill Berman. I really highly encourage you to find that book, read it, because this is uh, now is more you know, this now's the time to be stepping up your leadership game because you're going to have a big, a big shift in your workforce. You need to be prepared for it. But everything old is new again. It's the same principles that we've been doing for 60 years. Uh, it's a lot of common sense stuff, but it's typically not commonly applied. So our roles as leaders now is to apply these principles, apply this, uh, and uh, make sure that we lead our people well during this time. So, Bill, thank you for coming back on the show and 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 talking about these important issues. John, it's great to see you and thanks for having me on. I'm always get excited about this kind of stuff because it's so important. Um, you know, retention is personal. That's what I'm going to leave people with. Yeah, I like that. It's it's very personal. We have to, as leaders, take personal interest in it. Can't outsource, we can't outsource it to HR, right? Nope. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, well, thanks again for coming on the show. John, great to see you. Thanks very much. Yeah, great to see you as well. Well, thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. 
So keep listening to Electric Cast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electric Cast. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid.